This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. back everybody another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network my name is Nathan King welcome on in to our weekly edition of the pregame pod where we bring in the opposing reporter from our 24-7 Sports sister site for Auburn's next opponent obviously the Tigers are headed to Fayetteville attempting to win three straight games two straight SEC road games and what is their road finale of the season they'll close out with two games there in Jordan-Hare Stadium and for this episode we bring in Trey Biddy, who is obviously an expert on everything Arkansas over there at Hog Sports. Uh, Trey, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you know, everybody on our site can go read. If you're a subscriber, you can go read the Q&A with, with Trey on Thursday. As usual, we'll cover a lot of the same things, but wanted to start with the same thing I started in, in that questionnaire, and that is that I guess how big was that win over Florida down there in the swamp? Quite a time for them to get their first ever victory um at florida and i guess where was the direction of this program going mm. before then and i guess maybe still for the rest of the season yeah well thanks for having me on nathan it's been an interesting season for arkansas obviously and year four a lot of people don't even count it as year four because of the covid year and the struggles they had with recruiting and being able to go out on the road and everything in 2021 but uh it is year four technically for sam Pittman, and you need to have a good season in your money year especially when you barely made a bowl game the year before but it's not like they've been getting whipped, you know, weekend after weekend. They've lost the six games they lost by a total of 36 points. That's six points a game. The only team that beat them by more than one possession was was Texas A&M. And that was just kind of a bad mismatch for Arkansas with their offensive line versus Texas A&M. So going to Florida and the wake of everything that had happened, playing so poorly on offense against Mississippi State, as, as poorly as I've seen them play in 30 years at home on offense, uh, they had to fire Dan Enos. It's probably one of the three most justified mid-season, mid-season firings in Arkansas history, along with Chad Morris and Jack Crow back in 1992. So they had to do that. And what Arkansas needed to show for Sam Pittman, in my opinion, was that, look, we identified the problem. I made a mistake. I hired the wrong offensive coordinator. Did a great job hiring defensive coordinator. Defense looks good, but we messed up on offense. And show them in the Florida game that that, that was accurate. And – 
ultimately they put up 481 yards of offense. They put up 39 points. KJ Jefferson looked like his old self. They got Rocket Sanders rolling, had a hundred yard game. Uh, so it worked out about as well as you could hope for for Sam Pittman. A lot of people talking into this final stretch are like, you know, Arkansas needs to win at least three out of four of these final games, and you know, then Sam Pittman might save his job. Now I think you're talking more like, you know, needs to win three out of four uh, and has saved his job. You know, if he does that. So the Florida game on the road, I think, was was really big for him. And now I think you look at, you know, if they can win one of these last two, I think you feel pretty safe if you're Sam Pittman. It's been a disappointing season, obviously. But again, it's not like they've just been getting smoked weekend after weekend. And it's obvious the players haven't let go of the rope. And that's something you look for also in a coaching change. What is there to salvage? And the players are still fighting for him. And again, they're not getting the tar beat out of them. They just they've lost a lot of close games. Yeah, sometimes you you get the scapegoat in 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 a season or after a season. This this did not feel like that situation. With no, it didn't. Like, it felt like the problem. <laughs> like, yeah, like you said, it felt like exactly yeah. what needed to be done. Um, and man, I mean, I, I not a lot of people expected them to win at Florida. Um, you know, nonetheless, score thirty nine points mm-hmm. and uh, and look the way they did on offense in that game. And yeah, I like the I like the stretch they have really to end the season here with them getting some momentum. I know Missouri's a good team, but I mean they get them in Fayetteville, right? If I'm not yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And so yeah, this this just to me it looks like and you and I thought you said it well in our Q and A. Look, Auburn wants to win this game too. Auburn, you know, Auburn mm-hmm. is feeling a little bit resurgent in terms of its momentum in the second half of the year, but things could really break well for Arkansas because they'll you know they'll have a sort of a cupcake game next week in FIU. I know they struggled a little bit with, with maybe some cupcake teams this year, but they should win that game and um, sets up for a really nice finale, I think, against against Missouri. Well, obviously, they'll be playing at home in that game. Yeah, uh, we have the fortune of being able to look ahead as riders, but uh, Arkansas doesn't. But for us, you know, if Arkansas wins this game against Auburn, they beat FIU, they beat Missouri, then they're going to a bowl game. You know, for Auburn – Yes, they want to win the game, and it's important. And they're going to give everything they've got, obviously. Uh, but uh, they still have New Mexico State on the schedule, which is obviously a game that they should win. Is that right, New Mexico State? That's correct. Uh, yeah, they, they're, in a bowl bowl, they're in a bowl game. Basically. Yeah, Arkansas's backs are totally up against the wall. They have to win every game if they want to get to a bowl game. So uh, that's certainly notable. And, you know, you're right when you point out the schedule. I don't know how the SEC thought this was justified to do this to Arkansas, especially in Sam Pittman's fourth year. But – uh, for those who don't know, they had a four-game stretch away from home. They played uh, LSU and Baton Rouge. This is after the BYU game. They played LSU and Baton Rouge. They played Texas A&M in Arlington, Texas, Ole Miss and Oxford. And let's round out this stretch by Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I mean, four straight games. That's to me. That's it was like thirty-five days without without a game in Fayetteville in the state of Arkansas. That's just ridiculous. And I know they play that neutral site game in Texas. But the SEC knew that they were taking that game in Texas. You know, they knew that they played that game away from home. I'd, I've never seen a stretch like that. I don't. I've never seen an SEC team or any team around the country that had to endure a stretch like that. And Arkansas battled in it again. You know, they lost by three at LSU. They lost by twelve against Texas A&M. Lost by seven against Ole Miss, and lost by three against Alabama, all on the road. Um, the disappointing thing was when they came back home, and you almost felt like they were owed something against Mississippi State, and they played just pathetic on offense and and mustered three points. And the only reason they scored three points is because the defense on the first possession for Mississippi State made an interception at the 35-yard line, and they couldn't even punch it in the end zone. They had to kick a field goal. So um, 
yeah, it was justified firing Enos, but the schedule has been just remarkably difficult uh, until you ran into Mississippi State. Again, you know, no real excuse for winning that one. They had to make a decision in firing Dan Enos. I don't feel like there was any other option there. Uh, but it was Mississippi State, you know, the back half of the schedule, Mississippi State. Then you get your bye week finally. Uh, and then Florida, probably the worst Florida team that Arkansas has faced in, in Gainesville. And Arkansas had never won there before. So we were kind of looking at it like in the, early in the season, like this is a chance for them to finally get that win in Gainesville. Um, but, you know, the Florida game and then, uh, you know, you get Auburn, which is obviously rebuilding under Hugh Freeze, not, you know, one of the strongest Auburn teams we've ever seen, a good team, but not the strongest that they'll probably end up being. And, uh, you know, round things out with FIU and Missouri. And, you know, Missouri's obviously won all the games in front of them. I don't mean to disparage anything, but, like, they have not played anything close to the schedule that Arkansas has played so far, um, and it's at home. So, uh, you know, definitely a, an easier back end of the schedule for Arkansas versus what they faced uh, to open things up. Yeah, I think even when this losing streak started for Arkansas, you could take one look at the schedule and, and the results and say, seems not as bad as the record indicates, and, you know, you've always got to look at who's in front of I me. Mean, same thing for Auburn. Their, their four-game stretch of A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, with that A&M game being on the road, um, mm-hmm. that was a really yep. tough one for a, for a first-year team. And so, you know, I think Hugh Freeze kind of came away not too concerned about that. Let's talk about the offense, though, <clears throat> excuse me, and how they look different in that Florida game. We've been so used to power running with, with K.J. Jefferson and, and Rocket Sanders and seeing that, and obviously they had struggled to do that for most of the season. They go to Florida. Hugh Freeze turns around a couple days later and says, look, we might have to turn on some film from the year before Mm -hmm. um, just because of how different they looked in that game. What was it that made them so successful down there in the swamp? And how can they, you know, translate that into the Auburn game now? I thought Sam Pittman put it well that they had lost their spirit on offense. You know, they had some moments, you know, they played well against LSU. They put up 31 points. They had some moments this year, but against Mississippi State, it just looked like they were down 35 points and just trying to get the game over. That's how it felt out there, and there it was a four-point game most of the game. So uh, the biggest changes, I would say, obviously, so for those who don't know, just break it down. Kenny Guyton, who has been wide receivers coach at Arkansas the last two years, this is in his third year now at Arkansas, obviously was under Kendall Browse for two years in that offensive system, which is more of a, a hurry-up, fast-paced, no-huddle, uh, spread offense. And so he, he was under him for a couple of years, and also he was under him at Houston when Browse was offensive coordinator at Houston. So he's got that in his background. Kenny Guyton's a former quarterback, played at Ohio State, uh, several starts under his belt there, was never like a, a true season starter, but earned a lot of starts. Uh, so he was wide receivers coach at Arkansas, moved now to quarterbacks coach, and um, – so he, you know, he brings a different element to the table, I guess, than, than maybe what Dan Enos brought and a younger guy, just 32, 33 years old um, and really implemented back to same of the, some of the stuff that Arkansas did under Bryles that KJ Jefferson had a lot of success with. Now, the offensive line for Arkansas has just been an issue. They've got two really young tackles that have really struggled and a lot of the complexities of the offense, communicating the coverage or excuse me, com- communicating the protections and stuff that that has been an issue for Arkansas. But also, you know, they've got two. Um, you know, second-year players at tackle who just aren't ready for what's been coming off the edge in the SEC. Uh, we'll see different tackles on Saturday. They were Devon Manuel is finally healthy at left tackle, uh, big 6'9", 315-pounder. Uh, and then right tackle, Kudis got injured in the, in the game, so they've got a senior and and uh, and Tykees Crawford who played pretty well against Florida also. Um, so some of the offensive line stuff is better. It also helps to get Rocket Sanders back. You know, he's been pretty much – 
uh, he's played a little bit, probably, I think that was his fourth game that he's played, but he's been banged up and uh, sat out a long time, was hurt in the very first game with a knee injury. Uh, but it helps to get a first-team All-SEC running back back on offense who ran for 1,400 yards last season. So that's been a, you know, you have to respect him. When they, you know, when they do zone read, you have to respect that Rocket Sanders is getting the ball. And Arkansas has a good stable of other running backs, but Sanders is, you know, he's an NFL guy. He's just on a different level. So that's been big, getting getting their spirit back, I would say, um, you know, rallying around Kenny Guyton, getting Rocket Sanders back, and going back to some of the things that K.J. Jefferson does well. It was perplexing from what we saw in the spring and in fall camp, the things they were working on in offense, uh, to what they started running. And it got more and more and more conservative, where they're just throwing to the sideline, being ultra conservative, running the ball, even though they're only getting, you know, getting stuffed or getting one or two yards, just constantly doing that uh, right up the gut, uh, running two tight end sets when they don't have very good tight ends. I mean, they've, they've had, they've lost their two best tight ends to injury. So why are you running two tight end sets over and over again with guys that can't block or catch? Um, it just didn't make a lot of sense what they were doing offensively. So um, going back to some of the things that KJ Jefferson does well, here's another problem. Like Sam Pittman's relaying. We need to move KJ outside the pocket. We need to roll the pocket. We need to stop throwing, you know, just drop back passes. It's not his strength. So they had that conversation for Mississippi State, and they end up throwing 29 passes from the pocket. You know, this is something that they would do like eight times or so, probably an average of about eight times a year last year with KJ. So they started moving the pocket more and uh, and getting him outside and, you know, letting KJ be an athlete, uh, you know, and a quarterback. But uh, sitting back in the pocket against, you know, with an offensive line whose tackles are constantly collapsing – you know, I, I can't blame him for just thinking he's about to get smacked over and over again. And he still got, you know, Florida doesn't produce a lot of sacks, but they still got five sacks on him. So offensive line's still an issue, especially at the tackle spots. But obviously, you know, 481 yards and 39 points is their best offensive performance of the year. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, that's a matchup I'll be looking at because, look, Auburn's defensive front, I think, is better than they expected it to be. Um, you've got some guys producing at maybe a higher level than they thought. Really, the pass rush the past few games, uh, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, they're Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, but they played well against Ole Miss in the pass rush, got after it against Georgia. And so you mentioned the issues on the offensive line. Um, if you're an Auburn fan, that's something you definitely want to be paying attention to. Yep. Um, I will skip over, Trey, what I asked you about the the six-game losing streak in our Q&A because I think we've kind of touched on a little bit of those factors. Mm-hmm. But let's move to Arkansas defensively because, look, for as encouraging of, of signs there's been for Auburn these past two games, largely this season, still been a really inconsistent group. I mean, it was mm-hmm. them and Arkansas going back and forth for a few weeks, whether they were the SEC's least efficient passing offense. and so or overall offense overall, um, I believe. And so what are some things that Arkansas does well defensively because Auburn has yet to take its show on the road in an efficient manner? They scored mm-hmm. 31 on Vanderbilt. They could have scored more. It's Vanderbilt. In every other game on the road, and that wasn't even really a road game. There are more Auburn fans there. Every true road game really this season, um, Peyton Thorne has been very inefficient, and they really haven't been able to get much of a rhythm on offense. So what do you think Arkansas can do Um, in their eyes to try to continue that trend for Auburn. Yeah, well, I think it's important to look back at last year, first of all, to tell the story of Arkansas's defense. They were the worst defense in the SEC, had the worst pass defense in the SEC, 294.7 yards per game allowed. Um, So really just pathetic on defense overall last year. Um, A lot of players entered the transfer portal from defense, and then they brought in a lot of good players. There are 10 transfer There are 10 transfer players that are in the two deep on Arkansas's defense, making significant impact. Um, You know, Ron Roberts, who's at Auburn now, obviously. I know that there were at least discussions with Ron Roberts uh, ahead of hiring Travis Williams, who obviously played at Auburn, coached at Auburn. Uh, Travis Williams brought a a lot of nice energy to Arkansas, brought in Marcus Woodson also from Florida State. Marcus Woodson took over one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Uh, Last year, Florida State was fourth in the country in pass defense. He's come on as co-defensive coordinator. They also brought Darren Wilson uh, from Florida, who uh, was a defensive coordinator at McNeese State before that. And then they kept Deke Adams on the defensive line. So the only change that they've had on – or excuse me, the only non-change they've had on defense was Deke Adams. And I think that was the one important – position group to keep because they've had change. They've had a new defensive tackles coach the last five years on Arkansas's defense. So uh, kept Deke Adams, added three new defensive coaches. And so that's a start. Added 10 players out of the transfer portal. There were a couple of guys you'd say, oh, that stinks that he left the portal. Most of the guys left just weren't very good. Good, not good enough to play on a defense that was one of the worst in the country last year. So not a lot of big losses for them on defense and a lot of key additions. They have nine seniors on the defensive line. I don't know if I've ever heard of that anywhere. 
nine seniors on the defensive line. Uh, brought in four transfers. All of them are, have been significant contributors, especially Trajan Jeffcoat on one side. And then the year before, they brought in Landon Jackson, 6'7", 281-pound defensive end, had three and a half sacks against Alabama and 11 tackles. Uh, both those guys have been named defensive linemen of the week at various times. Um, couple of nice defensive tackles. And then at linebacker, bringing in Jaheim Thomas out of Cincinnati, who was the highest-rated defensive recruit Cincinnati's ever gotten. Uh, I think he's fourth in the SEC in tackles right now. Pooh Paul, Christopher Paul is another guy that's back from last year who played a good bit as a redshirt freshman. They probably got about four or five linebackers they feel pretty good about. Defensive line, I would say five defensive tackles, six defensive ends. And I'm talking that they feel real good about putting out there. And, and then in the secondary, an area that was a big problem, you know, bringing in Alfaheem Walcott from Baylor, who was, I think, their second leading tackler. Um, bringing in uh, Lorando Johnson, who was SEC Defensive Player of the Week last week. He plays nickel, uh, plays corner. Uh, they've got Dwight McLaughlin back at one of the corner spots, who is uh, SEC, or excuse me, second team All SEC last year. And then Jalen Braxton, who's a true freshman at the other cornerback spot. Um, who's played really, really well and actually just kind of had, you know, throughout the season beating guys out and taking over that position. Uh, they've got a nice rotation of about three or four guys at safety also. Uh, the depth has been really, really good. This is, as to me, this is as good a defense as Arkansas has had in 10 years. This is as good a defense as they've had in 10 years. Um, good against the pass, really good against the run also. And um, they've got a lot of energy. I mean, these defensive coaches really mesh well with these players. They never let go of the rope the whole time. And what's interesting about it, the as bad as the offense has played, and I'm talking about like, you know, eight times in a row just going three and out, stuff like that, over and over and over again. Keep throwing that defense out there. Short fields over and over again. Special teams has caused them a couple of issues here and there too, and they've stood tall. Uh, I don't think the numbers really say how good this defense has been for Arkansas. And probably out of every quarter they've played, they played two bad quarters against LSU um, and had a bad quarter last week. You know, that, and that's about it this season. So um, they will attack you. They will come after you. They produce a lot of a good number of sacks, not quite as many as last year, but I think they're on pace for like 36 sacks this year, which is a good number. And um, yeah, they will. Uh, they will, they will even cover zero you sometimes. So um, they definitely like to come after you and be aggressive. Yeah, I mean, really, almost everything you just said is completely reflective of what Auburn has had this season, where the offense kind of continually puts the defense in a bad spot, but they keep showing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll say that same thing to people about Auburn's defense, what you said. You know, it's not even like a full game they've had bad this year. It's been just a handful of quarters. Um, and so I think I think Auburn fans can really relate to that aspect. You look at Arkansas, you look at the wins and losses, you're thinking, eh. And maybe, like you said, the numbers don't tell the whole story. Um, but from, like you said, somebody who watches the games every single week and breaks down this team, you know that they are pretty strong on every single level. And that's that's what I told you in our Q&A to your side is that, look, I don't I don't think there is a big weakness to this Auburn defense. Now, they're not they're not elite anywhere. I don't think I don't mm -hmm. think they really have elite talent. Um, and it seems like Arkansas is pretty stout there as well. And that should come as no surprise. I mean, Auburn fans, they absolutely love Travis Williams. Um, the past few times they've had a coordinator opening. Look, they wanted, I don't, I don't know how how invested or how interested he was in the job or if Hugh Freeze was interested in hiring him this time around. Obviously, like you said, Arkansas was interested in Ron Roberts, but uh, T-Will is a guy Auburn fans want to see come home at some point. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a faction of the fan base that says, hey, 10 years down the line, let's make that guy the head coach. I mean, he's 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 beloved almost as much as Cadillac Williams in, uh, in Auburn. And, Mar hey, Marcus Woodson was a guy 
who was on Gus Malzahn's staff yeah. um, the, the final few years there, and they know how great of a coach he is as well. And so lots of respect for Auburn from Auburn for that Arkansas defense. Um, Trey, we'll let you go with one last question here, and that is just how you see this matchup playing out. Um, I am with you that I'm going to pick Arkansas to win this game. Um, but what are a couple, I guess, key factors that you're going to see that the hogs need to do well. And and really the reason I kind of went with Arkansas is because they've just been so unkillable. Like you mm-hmm. said, even against the best teams on the schedule, they're going to be in it at the end. And I maybe just give a slight advantage for them to make some more plays with it, with renewed energy on offense. But how do you see this matchup playing out where uh, Arkansas is trying to break a losing streak to Auburn and Fayetteville? Yeah. Five in a row. Right. Um, you know, it, I think it's important for Arkansas to, not go into this game thinking something is owed to them in any kind of way um, that they've lost so many to Auburn in the past. Cause I, I think back to that 2021 game and Arkansas had lost a couple in a row on the road and they come back to Fayetteville and you almost felt like, okay, you know, they're finally back home. They played, you know, just um, gotten blasted by Georgia on the road. This game is, you know, almost feels like it was owed to you kind of way in a way. And Auburn just kind of blew the doors off of them and stunned them in Fayetteville. So um, you can't have that kind of mindset. You have to carry over the momentum that you brought from the Florida game. The things that worked in Florida, don't get too tricky. Don't get too razzle-dazzle. Uh, do the things that work for you on offense and defense. Continue to play strong. I do think, you know, the more we talk about this, Nathan, I, I don't remember what I picked, something like, what was it, 31 31- 27 or something, something like that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to think more and more like 27, 24. I, the more we talk about these defenses, the more I start thinking, you know, this could be a pretty low scoring game. Um, but I do think there's room for, you know, defensive, you know, plays, turnovers, all those kinds of things that can can skew the score also. Uh, but I do think Arkansas will win. Just, you know, I, I think the home team, the momentum that they've got, the fact that their backs are completely up against the wall in this one. And, um, you know, Arkansas has a good team. It's, I, I stop it saying like they're the best three win team in the country, you know, but um, they've got a really good team. They've just lost a lot of close games. And now that they figured out this deal on offense, it looks like, um, you know, maybe they can give the home fans uh, something to cheer about because it's not been a lot. I mean, they weren't, they played the first game, you know, Western Carolina and Little Rock, uh, the game in fate, the second game in Fayetteville against Kent state, it was 28, six. It was pretty lackluster and, and slow moving. Uh, and then they lose at home to BYU in a great environment, six thirty game on ESPN. And I think it was like the fourth largest crowd in program history and they lost the game. Um, and then they return home and lay a, you know, just an egg against Mississippi State, seven three. And so uh, they owe the fan, the home fans, something. And you know they have their backs against the wall. And you know, obviously, it always comes down to me for you know penalties are always play a big role. Uh, and when the games are close, turnovers, special teams, injuries, all of those things play a big role in in games like this. So um, ultimately, it's going to come down to the team that you know, makes the fewest mistakes and then the team that makes the other team pay. I always hate when people say they didn't beat us, they beat themselves. No, you made mistakes and they made you pay for it. It's the team that makes the most mistakes and the team that makes them pay for them the most. That's the team that usually wins. So uh, I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter and uh, I'll give the slight edge to the home team. Yeah, and that's the reason. That's one of the reasons too, is that Auburn penalties, mistakes, like you just said, trying to make somebody pay. They had a bunch of opportunities to do that against Vanderbilt. I mean, they could have put 45 on the board against Vandy and they didn't. They had a bunch of drops. They missed some opportunities on special teams. A lot of drops. That's not a yeah. team that drops the ball very much either. And so that's the thing is that it wasn't – Hugh Freeze was kind of befuddled by it. He's like, this. Mm. the receivers aren't that good, but the drops had not been an issue. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be an issue this week. Again, it was just kind of a one-game thing, but they didn't take advantage of those opportunities. Um, and so if they do that against Arkansas, it'll really be the first time they've done it on the road all season. Um, the lower scoring this game is, I think, the better for Auburn. I don't, I don't think they want to get you know KJ Jefferson versus Auburn's offense because I think that's going to go Arkansas's way pretty often. And so um, should be a good one in Fayetteville. I've actually never been to Fayetteville before. Really, really excited to uh, to make the trip there. And so I'm um, excited to see you guys in the in the press box and hopefully a good SEC West. The last one in the SEC West before we go. You coming solo, Nathan? Divisionless. Uh, me and Jason Caldwell coming over do you need some advice if you need some advice on where to go and what to do and stuff hit me up we okay. are staying in tulsa tulsa actually. and uh because that, that was the that was the less expensive to fly into and and this yeah, week I get we it. got uh restaurant advice from philip montgomery auburn's oc who is the head coach at tulsa for the okay. last eight years we we're like hey man give us some restaurant what did he tell you oh goodness i can't remember what the name of it some sort of barbecue place obviously right that may be it. It was like barbecue and chili house, something like that. I don't know. Um, Jason's don't know. our Jason's our food guy. He's got it. He's got it locked down for us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hit me up if you need anything from somebody who actually lives here. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll absolutely do that. Thank you so much, Trey. Right. Um, Hogsports.com. You guys go check them out. If you guys enjoyed the show, five-star review, number one thing that helps us. We'll catch you guys after the game. Everybody enjoy the weekend. If you're headed there, be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.